What's going on, everybody? I'm Tyler, and I'm a responsible man. I'm Kylie. I am also a responsible man. This is a responsible man. It's a show that me and Kylie do sometimes where we talk about things responsibly. And this time, but this time, (laughs) (laughs) we're collecting our top ten original songs for film. The motion pictures, kid. You have a big style. I had to to do research on certain ones because I'm like, okay, was this specifically for the movie or was this from an album and then they're like hey we want to use this yeah i'd i'd try to put get a good little bit of uh stuff notes on each one too so was this hard i didn't get too crazy um i thought it was going to be um but no i had to whittle it down quite a bit like i had a list and then so when you're like are we doing top 10 i'm like i can do a top 10 definitely yeah i just have to figure out what those 10 are I didn't really have that many honorable mentions, to be honest. I, I, I only have like two or three. Like, I mean, there, I could, I definitely could if I, but like the ones that I really felt like these are ones that I, I don't know, want to mention shit just for the sake of mentioning it. So I was like, yeah, two or three is fine. Um, couple, couple quick disclaimers. Number one, um, I did not, for people that listen to our show at any, for any length of time, um, know that I'm a big, Disney fan. I did not include any Disney songs on this, oh, just shit. just because I wanted it to be. Um, for for the most for the most part, there are a couple of exceptions to this rule. We'll get down there, but for the most part, mine are all like artists contracted or commissioned for a song. You know, they're not mm-hmm. for the most part. There are one or two exceptions to that, but yeah, just because. If I included Disney, that would—that's almost in my that's mind that—that's that's, that, that's a list, list. in its own. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it, that would just be too easy mm-hmm. to do. <clears throat> There's one on here that like the whole movie is—it's not a musical, but it's about music, and it's like, okay. well, I'm just gonna put this as an honorable mention because that could be my whole list. It's that's fair. So, and then the other thing is, for the most part, I I did this based on the songs themselves just the so like i have there's songs on my list from movies i don't think are good i like you know what i'm saying so like it's not necessarily like how w- well they work with the movie or based on the, the movie doesn't have that much to do with oh with no mine mine's all about the song like yeah like like there's there's songs that the, are in bad movies there's, that are on there's one that's on my honorable mention that like i've never seen the movie all the way through yeah but it's like but the song kicks the, Yeah, but the song's... It's a good song. It, sh- it needs to be on, on here. It needs to be mentioned. You know? yeah. it's, it's one of those things. It, it should be mentioned. All right. Well, go ahead and start us off, Kai. What's your oh, number I'm, 10? I'm yeah, go ahead and give us your number My 10. number 10 is oh, yeah. uh, well, song... Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, one more thing. I'm excited <laughs> about this because I'm very, very certain there's no crossover because our tastes in movies are so different and our tastes in music can be, can, about this can one, be, be different. Okay. I, I'll be shocked if there's crossover and if it is, it's very minimal, I would imagine. Okay, okay fair enough. Okay. Um, and I don't know what kind of notes you, you took. I really don't have much. Okay, that's fine. This. There was um, no rules. We didn't establish any, any rules before. I pull up to see what the year was. The year! Oh yeah, I have all that shit. I have who wrote the song. It was 1979. Oh, and it was by a little green man named Kermit the Frog from the Muppet movie, The Rainbow Connection. That's on my list. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. All right. Then tell us about The Rainbow Connection. Uh, what number is it on your list? Um, it's it's high. Okay. It's it's high on my list. I've it, mentioned this song before. Yeah. When, when we did on Fortress of Comedy, we did uh, top five opening scenes in movies. I think this is like my number two or whatever. Okay. That, um, Rainbow Connection is my number three. Okay. Um, it, it, it was one that I have 
enough respect for like it bumped the Smashing Pumpkins off my number ten. Like okay, wow. I'm like okay, I gotta. It's a great song. Rainbow dude. Connection's it, gotta be. A it really there. is like, a great song, it, and that was my kind of one exception to like for the most part, they're artists. That this is like the yeah. one that's like okay, but. This song is so so holds such a special place in my heart. I've never gotten sick of hearing it. Well, it's good, and it gets you in the feels. Yeah, it's... 1979. Uh, it was written by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher. Um, it and reached... Paul Williams is in. I don't know if anyone knows. I mean, he's in the Muppet movie. Yeah, like, you, you'd know. You would know Paul Williams if you saw Paul. Sure. Yeah, uh, reached number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100. Actually, so pretty. It's pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Um, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Didn't win it, but um, in 2020. The uh, Rainbow Connection was deemed culturally and historically significant by the Library of Congress, and it was preserved in the National Recording Registry, which is pretty sweet. Um, A a fun fact I learned about this song today is that, um, so Jim Henson said that he wanted the, so, okay, Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher were were hired to do songs for the movie. They had previously done songs for uh, Star is Born. Mm. Um, So, Jim Henson had told him that he wanted uh, the opening scene of the movie to be Kermit the Frog playing a song by himself on a banjo. And that was the only notes they gave. So they started writing this song, and they were having a hard time coming up with the phrase in the chorus that would end up being the title of the song. But they didn't have that. And they were trying to trying to come up with what they were going to do but they had already had the stuff in the verses about like why are there so many songs about rainbows and blah 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 um and so what's funny is these two guys were ha- took a break they were having dinner with uh kenneth asher's then wife and they were they were explaining their problem to her and in in explaining it came up with the answer they were like we need to come up with something that sort of like creates like a rainbow connection back to the previous <laughs> thing, and it's like as they were speaking, it's like, oh my god, it, it's, like, it's like never mind. We 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 we, we saw, well, it's like, sometimes once you say something out loud to another person, it mm. clicks. So, and then just the other, the only other thing I had for this is like the story I've told a million times, but it's like my favorite like movie trivia thing ever. This came from the uh, Disney Plus show Prop Magic. Is that what it's called? Uh, prop no, prop it's masters. Oh god, there's um, it, it's something with that. And it was an original. It was a series. They were like half hour episodes, and each one was focused around a different movie. And they were like talking about how they made the movie, and they were uncovering in like the Disney archives, like pieces of the sets and stuff like that. But um, there's a there's a a guy I can't remember if he's a producer or something, whatever that worked with Jim Henson when they and he said when they went to go record the Rainbow Connection because obviously Jim Henson does the voice of Kermit, yeah. but he's not like a voice actor necessarily. He's a puppeteer, and those are very different things. Um, so they sent Jim Henson to the studio. He was in the booth. He recorded the song like two or three times, sang it to, and like he's like they weren't bad, but it was just something it was like was yeah, it was, it was just missing with something. And finally, somebody got smart enough to go, hey, go get go get Kermit, and. Once he brought the puppet in there with him, that's the one that's in the movie. They say he sang it again, and it was like that was it. And it was like there was some sort of a mental block that he couldn't like fully channel Kermit's voice without having the puppet on his hand. And that, that to me is just like one of those like ah, oh, nice. that's magic right there, nice. man. What do you got? You got anything else about Rainbow? I don't want to hijack your whole. No, that was, that was yeah. I've I've got to start pulling up Wikipedia in okay. advance to uh, get some notes. Yeah, but I I I do adore that song. I really really do. It's a good one. So, do, do you want to go? Do you want me to go? Because I already feel like I took no, your go, turn. Yeah, go. Do your okay, ten. all right, all right. My number ten. Kylie also likes the Rainbow Connection, you guys. 
Um, my number 10 is uh, the song New Divide by Linkin Park. This was from Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, which was the second movie. It came out in 2009, written by Linkin Park. Um, peaked at number six on Billboard's Hot 100, which is uh, one of the higher charting songs for Linkin Park in their in their career, which, which was cool for them. Um, especially despite very harsh criticisms of the movie from the get-go. Um, if you guys remember, this movie came out during the writer's strike. Oh, yeah. And so, the the joke with Transformers Two is like it has no script. It it doesn't. It's like it, it feels like a movie that was made as it went. Like like I don't know. And then this happens. Let's do this here. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they, you could tell like there's nothing holding this plot together at all. There really isn't much of a plot to begin with. But the song is awesome. The thing I thought I found cool doing some stuff for this today is uh, Linkin Park worked with Hans Zimmer, who was the the composer for the for the score of the movie. They worked with him in writing the song um, and Hans Zimmer uh, incorporates pieces of the song into the score of the movie, which is really kind of cool. Cause they, they wanted, they wanted this to be the, like, you know, that big theme song for the movie. I think, and I think it mm. plays during the credits, but like they, they sample it in orchestration throughout the whole movie, which is kind of cool. Um, I, I, it, it was smart because the very first Transformers movie ends with the song What I've Done by Linkin Park, which is just a song off of their third album. But um, I think a lot of people remembered that, and it, it left kind of a good impact on the ending of that movie as it kind of wraps up. So I think Paramount, Michael Bay, or whoever it was that made the call was smart enough to be like, let's get Linkin Park to do a song just for the second one. And it's it's a good song. It's, it's, it's one of their... It's hard to say one of their better songs because they had so many good songs, but yeah, that's the, uh, it's one of those that, regardless of you can't listen to it without thinking about the movie because it is so intergrained. But regardless of what you, the the your opinion of the movie doesn't impact the enjoyment of the song, at least for me it doesn't. Okay. So yeah, new divide from Lincoln Park. Right on. Um, my number nine. I want to make sure I've got the right one. Yes, <coughs> it's from a movie I've never seen. I have one of those. <laughs> uh, it's the Baz Luhrmann movie, The Great Gatsby. And it's, oh, I have uh, I have seen this movie. Okay, it's Lana Del Rey's Young and Beautiful. Okay, um, she's done she's done a number of songs for movies. Um, this is definitely my favorite. Out of okay, she, she did a couple for one of the Tim Burton. Why have you movies. not seen any reason you haven't seen The Great Gatsby? You're just not interested, or I it was. I mean, Baz Luhrmann—he's an acquired taste. I get that, but no, and, and I've, I've the stuff I've seen, I like. It's usually musicals. I don't think The Great Gatsby is a musical. No, it's not. Um, but I got enough of Gatsby in high school. Like, okay. it was just that was enough for me. Leo like, gives a great performance. I'm sure he does. So. Leo's always solid. Yeah, it's really even yeah. Toby McGuire is really, really good in it. Uh, it's one of those it's things. Worth eventually, I will probably yeah, it's sit worth down watch. and watch it. Um, like I said, she did those two songs for Big Eyes, the Tim Burton thing. Another mm. movie I've not seen. I think by the time <laughs> but that, you're just a Lana fan. By the so time you... that came out, I was just I had Tim Burton burnout. Oh, like, I, I'm like I had no desire. I think that's very relatable. I'm like I don't care. Oh, I'm, oh still, did Danny Elfman do the soundtrack? Oh, really? Yeah. I can't believe that. That's that's amazing. I feel like a lot of us are still <laughs> feeling that. Like I'm kind of yeah. done. I'm kind of done with Tim Burton now, yeah, honestly. I think it's, at it's this kinda, point. Yeah. Which I mean, it's you know kind of harsh, but it's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I loved the song she did for Maleficent, but that's kind of a remake. So, right. um, yeah, I just like this. I've always liked her. It's 
going back oh, yeah, to Maleficent, uh, she did uh, Once Upon a Dream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, going back to it's a good version, though. You kids out there listening to this, you, um, you youngsters, your, your parents are always bitching about music, and you're like, I'm never gonna be like my parents, yeah. you know? It and happens, man. I'm, I'm very much like that, where. I'll, it, on the rare occasion that I'm listening to the radio, which I can't remember the last time I've listened to the radio, right? Um, like I'd hear a new song, just the the opening of the song, I'm like this sounds good, and then they start singing, I'm like this sounds generic, and it seems sounds like it just all the sounds same like shit. everything else, yeah. yeah. Um, the first time I heard Lana Del Rey, it was so different for me. It mm-hmm. was it had the strings, and it was kind of dark and moody, and it wasn't I I couldn't label it as anything necessarily. I wouldn't call it pop by any right. means. What definitely wasn't rock and roll. It was just something different. And I was like, oh my God, I. It's bluesy I for like sure. This. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just kind of attached to that. I'm like, it's something new. Oh my God, it's something new that, that, right. that I like. I'm, I'm going I'm to. Lana Del Rey is like the indie artist that got bigger than that kind of music should usually get, mm-hmm. you know? But she's never straight away. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's gotten the more popular she's gotten, she still sounds like a artist that could be singing in like a, a coffee shop or a club. Oh, yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when well, I always get worried, like um, I can't remember. I think it was like her second, or third album. I can't remember what what album it was, but but they're like, oh, it's she's you know it's a drastic change from what she's done before. I'm like, oh no. And then you listen to her, like, no, not not really. They've yeah. added some guitar in here. I, I like that. That's fun, but. It's still... Or like when they put her on the, the Charlie's Angels songs, like, okay, Lana's joining yeah. Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande, so selling out. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, I like it. Yeah. And that, that one's really fun. I don't know if you've seen the music video. It, it's, it reminds me of something from Disney, to be honest with you. Kind of like... Uh, <clears throat> it reminds me of Fantasia. Where it's showing you the orchestra. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's what the Lana Del Rey video is like. It's got the conductor there and the orchestra in the background. Right. He's, he's conducting it and everything. And it's, it's a good song. They, there's sweet. a couple different versions of it. There's like just an orchestral version with her voice, and then there's the the regular version and everything. But yeah, that's. Oh yeah. She she had to make the list at some point for me. So. Uh, my number nine is a song I guarantee is an on Kylie's list. <laughs> Uh, my number nine is Lose Yourself from the movie Eight Mile. Well, that would be my number five. Would it, would it really? Yeah. Oh, I, thought you, I, I seriously thought you were just like... <laughs> no, that's oh. my number five. I had a look to see what number it was. I oh, knew it was shit. higher up on my I thought, list. I seriously thought you were just like, no, oh. Nope, that is my number five. Okay. Um, from Eight Mile, obviously, songs and, by Eminem. And if you know me, you know I'm not a rap guy. Yeah, That's exactly. just a good fucking song. Dude, it's a great song. Came out in 2002. Or at least the movie came out in 2002. Uh, music was composed, produced by Eminem, Jeff Bass, and Louis Resto, with lyrics by Eminem, obviously. Um, song was Emin- it was Eminem's first song to hit number one, okay. and which is which is because if you remember when Eight Mile had come out, it was kind of like Eminem mania at that time, if you want to call it that. Like he was what year, what year did you say this? Two thousand two. Okay, so I was I remember picking up the CD single. You remember those kids? Yeah. While I was working in Australia, oh, okay. I found a CD shop, and I'm like, you know what? I like this song enough. I'll buy the CD. Are you CD fan single. of the movie at all? Never seen it. You've never seen eight. I've never you, seen it. You I've should, seen bits here and you there. You should watch Eight Mile. Never, eight Mile is a fantastic. Isn't Kim Basinger is his mom? mom. Yep. Okay. Yep. Brittany Murphy's in it. She's wonderful. Isn't the Falcon in it as well? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, I know so many people that could give a fuck less about hip hop culture, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's just a good movie. It's a okay. it's a really good movie. Um, and it's supposed to be semi-autobiographical or it's, autobiography. So th- it, this got like kind of blown up. Cause it's it the way Eminem describes it. It's based on the place that he's from, not his life. Oh, so okay. it's like 
it, he, it's not his story. He's not playing a younger version of himself, whatever, right, in the movie. Like, in the movie, he's got, like, a little sister and stuff, whatever. Like, he does have the mom, and we all know Eminem's mom issues and stuff in real life. But, like, he's he has a different name. It, it's not him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more, it, it was trying to show the area he grew up in and what that was like, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it was his first song to hit number one. It was also the first hip-hop song to win the best original song oscar which is cool um eminem had an oscar before he had a grammy which was kind of crazy um and uh according to spotify this is the most streamed song of the 2000s no shit yeah which which i it makes sense when i hear it if if you'd asked me that i probably would maybe taken me a second to get to that one but i'm like oh yeah that, that checks out that checks um, and then uh, Eminem said that he wrote the song or wrote the lyrics to the song on the set of the movie in during breaks. Okay. And uh, like uh, a couple of the other uh, actors and stuff in the movie said that like they corroborated this saying like yeah, anytime there was like a, a break on set or whatever, like he was always like scribbling stuff down or whatever and uh, ended up being the soundtrack for the movie. Interesting. So. It's a phenomenal um, song, man. It is. It and I again, I'm not a big hip hop guy, so I couldn't tell you. Like, one, I it's it's it wasn't a normal sounding hip hop, hip yeah, hip hop song for me. I love the piano in it. Yeah, the, the just that kind of bass riff yeah. at the beginning. Boom, boom, um, boom, another one I'll, I'm yeah. going to throw out because it's an honorable mention. Mm. Another hip hop one is Gangster's Paradise. Gangster's and Paradise because like like, it's got the strings and everything, yeah. and it's like again, it's not your normal uh, like cool sounding hip hop song. <laughs> Um, and I, th- I think that's the stuff that catches me a little more. Where I'm like, okay. oh, that's that's different than I. This I is like, that. this is like the rap song that people that don't like rap like. You know what I mean? Like, if there had to be one, like I know a lot of people that are like I don't like rap, but mm-hmm. that lose yourself. You know, like <laughs> well, this song like, was everywhere for a bit I too. Even, like, um, like I think I own his. F- not I wouldn't say like his first one. Like what was what was like his first big album? Not uh, like the so, EPs or anything. Uh, the Marshall Mathers LP was like the first. Oh, okay, well, that was ninety nine. Um, I want to say or? no. Curtain Call is the greatest hits okay. album. Um, Marshall Mathers LP. I want to say the Eminem show was after Maybe that. Maybe that's what it that's two thousand one. Two thousand curtains on yep, the front. That's, that's I own the that. Eminem show. Okay. I own that. I have yep. like a Beastie Boys CD. Okay. Got, like, Did I love the Beastie the Boys? The Digital Underground. Remember those guys? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love the Beastie Boys. You can go, you can go fuck yourself. You don't like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like the Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys have an album. It's Dude. just an instrumental mm-hmm. album, and it's like, if you put it on for someone, they would they wouldn't be able to tell you it was the Beastie Boys, and it's amazing. Like it's I, I the people that make fun of the Beastie Boys don't understand that the Beastie Boys are in on the joke. Oh, like, yeah. like that's it's like oh, like the songs are so late. Like you gotta fight. It's like that. Like it's supposed to be lame, dude. Like the song <laughs> is supposed to be lame. That's the joke. Um, yeah, lose yourself of Eminem's my number nine. Oh. You're number five. Okay, so I that had Rainbow Connection five. way higher. You had Lose Yourself higher. That, that, that's that's kind of funny when you said when you were saying that. I'm like, watch it be something that's on my list. Dude, dude the confidence I I was so sure I was like, there's no way Kylie has an Eminem song on his list. It's, it's a good song. Yeah. It is. It's a really good song. And I, I feel like if for most people, if they had to rap a rap verse to save their life, the first verse of this song is the one that most people, you know, 
would, would, would know. Like yeah. they, they know the mom's spaghetti shit. Like you know, what I mean? like they, they, most people can can get through the first verse of this song pretty close. The funny thing about that is, as I was going through, like I don't know how you do your list, but I mm. usually just get a big thing, and then I'm like, okay, now let's mark off like my top ones. Yeah, and then I whittle it down from there, and then I'm like, okay, what order would I put this? Yeah, in? I put them all together, and, and then I kind of start like, moving around. Like lose yourself. I kept going. Well, should that be like lower on my list? I'm like, no. It, it's got to. It's no. It's got to be it's at least higher. in the top five. Okay. The and song so, still yeah, slaps, it, it, man. It made my getting my, to hear that at uh, the halftime show of the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, last year was okay. when the, it was Dr. Dre, Eminem, Fifty Cent, and Snoop Dogg. Oh, I think we turned it over um, just and he he had started singing that. I'm like, yeah, oh, I it, it, it was it was pretty sweet to get to see him do that at the at the Super Bowl was pretty sweet. So. Right on. All right, you're number nine, okay? Or no, eight. Number Number eight, eight, sorry. uh, Is from a film from 1987 um, called The Lost Boys. Okay. Um, Marilyn Manson has has redone this song. Um, A couple people have redone this song, but it's called Cry Little Sister. Okay. It's like the main song from The Lost Boys. Um, Very, I don't know, very catchy. Cry Little Sister, yeah, it's a good song. Uh, And if you've heard Manson's version, of course, he always... All of his covers, he always just makes them just that much better. Usually, he's yeah, and you know Marilyn Manson's become problematic in his own way. This, exactly, I mean, yeah. He, yeah, I guess he kind of always was. Maybe there's just a lot of people that weren't willing to admit it until the last couple of years. But I'll be goddamned if the man doesn't do <laughs> some cover songs <laughs> because, dude, obviously, like Sweet Dreams is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Tainted, his Tainted Love cover is awesome. Personal Jesus is awesome. Uh, yeah, dude, he just just nails it. Dude, he's got a lot of lot of covers that just hit hard. Um, I put a spell on you. That like, was good. Yeah, if yeah. you've heard the original version of that song, like his, he take it's it's he that's his song. Like, yeah, he made that his own. I would like, say the same thing with "Sweet Dreams Are Made of This" as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's say that. so different from the Arrhythmics version, yeah. where it's like it's not a karaoke thing that Manson's just singing. It's 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 a completely rebuilt song. It doesn't sound like if you didn't know it was a cover, you would think he that they wrote it, oh, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. A little off topic with the the "Sweet Dreams" thing. Uh, when John Five joined uh, Rob Zombie, mm-hmm. um, there you can watch it on YouTube. There's one point where. I don't know if they're doing like the introductions of like the band, but he starts to pl- John Five starts to play Sweet Dreams, yeah, and Rob get, gets in on it, and the, he starts singing it. The rest of the band starts playing, and you can tell that like, Rob Zombie was just like, "Okay, we'll sing a few lines and we'll be done." Yeah, and he John Five keeps going, just and the audience playing. is going, and he and Rob Zombie's like, "Oh, okay, we're just doing this, all right," and he. Like walks over to a, an amp and like sits down and like, all right, let's do this then. And all right, they, yeah. just, they do the song. We'll just we'll, just, we'll sing the fucking. <laughs> um, this was by a guy named Gerald McMahon. Okay, um, never heard of him. Like it's it's a bitchin' song, those one hit wonder kind of things. Yeah. Um, and when they think when they did the sequel, I believe they had it was the same song. Um, but I think they had someone else do it. Okay. I'm trying to find that on here. Oh, yeah, there's remixes and re-releases and all that stuff. But I remember watching the the sequel, the direct-to-video sequel. Dude, that- i got to be honest. I didn't think there was going to be crossover 
and like probably the two that I was would have been like the most sure you maybe wouldn't have or, or the, the two, two you've had. So now I'm wondering. I'm like, because there's other ones. I'm like, okay, this is some more stuff Kylie might like. You so now I'm so now I'm wondering like, <laughs> is there some more shit that we're gonna have? Because I'm like, he's not putting Kermit and Eminem on. Well, the, I did it, and yeah, I he did, did it. it. So okay, my number eight. It's been done. Uh, my number eight is a fantastic song and maybe one of the best live songs of all time. This might be my number three. Okay. Um, <laughs> my number eight is Live and Let Die. This is my number three. Okay. From Wings, uh, from the movie of the same name, 1973, yep. written by Paul and Linda McCartney. Um, George Martin produced as well, and he composed the orchestral, as he would often do. It's just a good, it's a good song. Dude. One of the best. Uh, first rock songs. song ever to open a Bond film. It's awesome. Uh, reached number two on Billboard's Hot 100. First Bond song to be nominated for uh, best original song ultimately lost to Barbara Streisand's The Way We Were. Eh. Kind of interesting. It's a, uh, it's a damn the, shame. It's a I, damn shame. Something I always think about the, that you said one time that I, I never really, th- I, it didn't cross my mind of why I like certain songs until you pointed it out to me and now it's always a, a thought in my mind. I, I can't remember what the conversation was that we were even having when you said it, but you talked about you like songs that sort of kind of go on a journey and do different things. In the middle of this fucking song, it oh, like goes, it goes like kind of half reggae for a second. Mm-hmm. You go, "What does it matter yep. to you?" You know, and it's like, Paul and, then, and, has a and then it comes though. right back into the. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and like, I, the, the older I get, it's more like little little tiny details of things are the things that stick with me the most. Like like when people point out like their song, like things they like about songs, like oh, it's like this note or the way they sing. That like I, I've started to get more and more niche. I think where it, so for me the the thing that like gives me chills about this song it's just that little three note piano thing in the it makes you give it a cry do 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 i love that living there oh it's so good that that's that that's the part for me that's just ooh and like the the big thing with this song especially when it's performed live is just the uh, insane amounts of shit that gets blown up oh yeah i'm sure and even to see Paul McCartney last year, 80 years old in L.A., perform this song, and it was just nuts, man. It was just like you almost couldn't even see. It was like blinding, just <laughs> shit flying everywhere and pyro and all of this. Nice. And, yeah, it's it's a great song, dude, because one minute it's like a piano bow, and then it gets really mm-hmm. rock. And it's like even for Paul McCartney and Wings, it's kind of heavy there for a minute. And then it turns into this kind of reggae, bouncy thing, and then it goes right back into the heavy shit. Then it turns into the slow piano bow again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an amazing it's, song, it's, dude. It's a it's a journey, as, as you <sighs> said. Yeah. As you said, um, uh, Uncle Albert's <sighs> another one of his that's like, it just feels like it's a mesh of a bunch of songs. Jim, I think that's why "A Day in the Life" is one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's, yeah, it's that might have been what we were talking about when you when you said it. that might be. I, I can't remember the conversation we were having. And again, this is a movie I've never seen. I've never seen "Living That." Oh, okay, but my dad's song, a huge man, James Bond fan, so song. I've seen them all many times. Oh, okay. Uh, Paul Mc- Paul McCartney said him and Linda wrote this song in like forty five minutes. Like <laughs> he said, they were asked to maybe do a song, so he asked for the book, and then he read it. He's like, he read it, and then he was like, that same day, like, okay, well, let's go in and put something out, and they they fucking wrote it and did it. <laughs> it's like right uh, Paul McCartney in his zone in nineteen seventy three, dude. Just fucking like, oh yeah, we'll just write a song. Yeah, we'll do it. And it's gonna be you know, yeah. one of the most just memorable. A, yeah, just a banger, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my number eight. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, my number seven, I think, is the only one I had to whittle this down because this this whole album is 
like I, it could have taken up a chunk of my list. Okay, the whole sound um, and it's a the, soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it's the soundtrack for Lost Highway. Okay. Um, the one I chose this this bumped I of the Smashing Pumpkins. That was my number ten, and Rainbow mm. Connection kind of bumped that off. That's also from the. Okay. There's Apple of Sodom by Marilyn Manson, which is one of my honorable mentions. Really That's song. on Lost Highway. Oh, um, Manson's done a lot of. Uh, Soundtrack stuff too. Well, him yeah. and Lynch were. I think Lynch wrote like the forward to Manson's book. Oh, okay. Um, but, tracks. <laughs> but my number seven is uh, "Perfect Drug" by Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Um, I have no notes on this. Um, Written by Trez Rez- Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. imagining. I'm I imagine so. Um, if I had to guess, that's, I'm, I'm, this, probably this, written and produced by Trent Reznor. Uh, if I had to guess, it was probably produced by Lynch. He's a musician as well, okay. so he does a lot of that stuff, especially when it comes to his soundtracks. Um, but let's pull up some information if I can find it. I, I don't have my glasses, so it's all sorts of shitty. Um, yeah, this, this makes for good podcast here when, I, oh, yeah. when I'm not prepared. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> That's... That's 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 all. I, I, it, it's a great it's a great. Sound What's track. funny was like, I felt pressure because you were. I felt like a week ago you were like, well, I got my list ready and like whatever, and then it's like, all right, if we're gonna do this, so like the last like day and a half, I've been like, I gotta make sure I get some because fucking Kavi just had his shit fucking ready, and now we're here. You're like, well, fuck, I didn't well, do it. I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't get that crazy. Oh, that's um, like, I, I don't know. That's that. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Perfect, you, you, perfect know joke, nine you know the song. Yeah. <laughs> My number seven is a song from another movie I've never seen. But, okay. but uh, I'm, 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 again, I'm very confident you don't have this on your list. Um, this to me is the power ballad song. Okay. If you had to choose just one, um, this song is from the 1991 film Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Is everything okay. I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams. Okay, I mean that that dude. It's the airwaves back in that dude. That this summer. is a like, banger of a song. This really, is really dude. It's like the the power ballad song. I feel oh, just I, 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 the way it builds. <laughs> it's a, it's a cheesy song, but oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like the it's not lyrically deep or anything like that. It's not even necessarily musically complex. It's just a banger of a song. Dude, it's a it's a crank it song That's if it cool. comes on. Yeah, this is one of those songs like my dad was a big Brian Adams guy, still is, but when I was young, we'd play those those records quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I just always remember this song. And then uh, I kind of forgot about this song for years until Family Guy parodied it. Yeah, I was going to bring up the Family Guy thing, just and then that, Peter dancing yeah. around the things. And <laughs> well, then it kind of just reminded me of like, oh yeah, that was a pretty good song. And then it kind of came back into my life in a big bad way where I was playing it a lot again. Okay. And then like it's probably mellowed out a bit now where it's like just a once in a while, but it's still a slap song, man. It's real, real good. Right on. So let me see what I got here. I'm sure. I'm sure it has the song, um, written by Brian Adams, Michael Kamen, and Mutt Lang, uh, reached number one in 19 countries, including the United States, where it stayed for 17 weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, Brian Adams uh, and Mutt Lang wrote this song in the UK in 45 minutes. They you said. got Michael Kamen and Mutt Lang. I mean, yeah. right there, you got. Yeah. You got some shit Another song that was supposedly they said they wrote it in 45 minutes. Okay. Just, uh, I don't know. Brian Adams, you know, 
I think for the most part will kind of be remembered as a one-hit wonder, even though he had, you know, I, so, I mean, like so, summer, some, summer of '69 is real good, but like I think this is probably the song. Do you think Summer '69 is more popular than this one? No, but I wouldn't call him a one-hit wonder. I feel like he, most people know guys, him for this. He's song. one of those guys I would argue with. Like I got into an argument with someone like Rats a one-hit wonder. I'm like, no, I could list you off a bunch of songs that you would go, oh yeah, I've heard that on radio. But like that's to the to the general one-hit. public though, that's a that, like the, if, 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 if you're if you're if you if you're known for one song, like that's the only one that people can think of until they hear something. Go, oh yeah, I've heard that. I still think that probably counts. Okay. I think Summer of '69 is a better song than this song is. Oh, I would totally. Agree. But Summer of '69 is a banger, dude. Summer of '69, that guitar tone. Right off the get go, dude. Anyways, yeah, but th- th- this is a good song, though. Everything I do, I do it for you, Brian Adams. This is a song you put on when you, you know, bring the girl home back in the day and <laughs> high school. You put put, you put your cassette in there and put your put your Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack cassette in. There. And I I, <laughs> you know? I probably owned. I know I had the the. The movie, the movie does not hold up. I've never I, seen it. I don't know. It. Oh, you I've, haven't I've seen it? I've literally never seen it. I just know, but I know the song. Was a, you should check it out. To be honest, I, I didn't I didn't know that this song was for a movie until I started going. Oh, I, okay. And like, kind of looking for inspiration for this list. It was like Googling lists, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's from a fucking movie. Oh, I was like, well, that's making the fucking list. Because okay. that's a killer fucking song. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. No idea. There's nothing in the lyrics or the tone of that song that screams Robin Hood. You know, like there's. It's, well, he's in love with Maid Marian. I guess, but and everything he does, he does for her. And I guess like Michael Kamen, I again I haven't seen the movie, but I I, I guess Michael Kamen said like they, they use instrumental parts of this for like the Maid Marian yeah, theme yeah, yeah. in the movie, which is cool. Yeah. If people have seen it they can corroborate. I don't know. So yeah, my number seven. Uh my number is it seven or six? six? My number six is uh from a John Hughes movie. It's the Breakfast Club. It is the Breakfast Club. It's don't, Don't you, you forget, forget about, about me. me. Yes. Oh, the, 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 this was a good one, dude. It's an honorable mention. This is a great one. It's an honorable mention, yeah. Um, it's by Simple Minds. Who doesn't Minds. know this song, dude? Oh, Who yeah. the hell I, exactly. doesn't know this song? Um, this actually hit number one. It was like the big... These guys are... Where are they from? Scotland or something? They're from, like one of the most iconic... Like Everyone can see that image, right? It's like one of the most iconic like, endings to a movie, right? Oh, the, yeah. Putting the... You know... Yeah. You, if, you, um, if you hear the song, you can see it. <laughs> yeah, um, and this this uh, song was passed around to many other artists to record, uh, and everyone just kept kind of kept passing on it. And even Simple Minds was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to do this or not. But I think it's like, the, okay, we're talking one hit wonders. This right. is this is probably it. No, like, no offense to uh, any Simple Minds fans out sure. there, because <laughs> here I, they come I'm with sure their comments. Kind of, yeah, I'm sure there's other, How sure dare? there's other things, but like. I love The Breakfast Club. Like I, Breakfast Club is a... John Hughes has some great movies. Breakfast Club's probably in my... Breakfast Club's a, a perfect film, dude. It's, it's it really great. is. It's it is really great. good. And that's just a great... That song is just... It hits. It, hit, it hits right. And I think it's yeah. because when you watch that, especially when you're watching it young and you're, mm-hmm. you know those clicks in school and like that's the way the... The movie ends after you've just gone through right. all the feels, and it's just it and it just got kind of uh, it. it got kind of immortalized too because for a long time and even still to this day, but it had its period where it sort of became the uh, the graduation song. I guess S- similar to like uh, Green Day's "Time of Your Life," right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, yeah. like. After that song came out, every time anyone would do like a slideshow or something like high school graduation, yeah. they would play that Green Day song. This song was another one that it had its time where like you'd have all the pictures going and don't yeah. you forget. And oh, it yeah. was like so it it, it <laughs> so it it gets remembered because this song brings out a lot of emotions in people because they you know 
are one remembering an awesome movie from the 80s but also like they probably it makes them think of past friends or whatever type of deal oh exactly yeah, it's, yeah it's very nostalgic kind of a has a yeah. nostalgic feel it's to a great it. song and it, but it's still one that like it holds up to to this day it's like real you good. hear that and like oh yeah like and it, it's that. still played uh, say, i say i think it'd be hard to put, find people that don't know this song because mm-hmm. it's still played frequently like it's used in other movies all the time it's sampled and it's on tv shows use it all the time like it's it's a song that's very still in the zeitgeist yeah. i feel like yeah. i'm just impressed you've seen the breakfast club Oh, dude, I love The Breakfast Club. Good, good for you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great love The Breakfast Club. Great. Um, all right, my number six um, is from a bad movie that we have talked about on Fortress of Comitude. Is it the Howard the Duck theme song? No, but, dude, that song slaps. <laughs> um, so this one is interesting because, and again, I associated this song with one movie specifically, and then doing notes for this found out that there's a little bit more to to this than I had thought. So, uh, my number six is Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Really? Okay. You're, and, you're, and, and, you're hitting those you're hitting those nineties movies. I mean I grew up in the nineties, man. Like, um, like so I did too, but like from what I learned in my yeah. in in my the Kiss from a Rose was originally released on the soundtrack for Never Ending Story Three in nineteen ninety four. Oh shit. Which was a year prior and then because Warner Brothers thought the song had so much more potential, they like re-released Batman. it again and made it the song for Batman Forever. So okay. it still counts because it was it was made it was, for Never Ending. Yeah, can I can I tell you something? Yeah, I knew there was a Never Ending Story too. I could not have told you There's there was a, a third one. Yeah, and like I don't know if the song's in the movie, but it was on the soundtrack. Okay, and then but yeah, they were like this could be the song for Batman Forever. In a year later, in ninety five, oh, it was. It, it, so it's written by Henry Samuel, who is Seal. That's his, his who is name. Seal. Um, the ninety six Grammys, Kiss from a Rose, won Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Male Pop Performance. Okay. So I mean, this song just—I mean, you were there. This song just oh yeah, uh, t- number one on Billboard's Hot 100 and stayed there for a significant amount of time. Um, again, we kind of talk about one-hit wonders a bit. Th- this is definitely another one of those. Uh, I, I, you know, and and Seal has his fans for sure, but like for most people, like Seal is like oh, kids from. But this, this is a banger of a song dude it really okay. is it's it was, got a it little was never my thing but it was i was immersed in it because right. i was of that timing mean, that it, you could you get were also in the comic book spectrum as well oh, too yeah. so like it, it's like the song was everywhere plus it was involved in batman which is so it's like you couldn't really get away yeah, from it. It, it, yeah. it is what it is yeah it, it wasn't making my list because I, again probably the the, going back to the Brian Adams thing, it's mm. like yeah, it's like yeah. Well, I back then, yes, I wouldn't put it on my list, but yeah, okay. back then I'm like yeah, yeah. I, I love I love this song, and it's another one that kind of goes back to our our journey, like the verses and intro. The, the yeah, the first bit of the song is very kind of R and B, like mm. '90s R and B. It's very kind of mellow, and Seal's kind of showing off his. And then when the chorus comes, it's very kind of boom, knock down the knock down the door, and it's a little rockish, right? Um, yeah. That I watched a uh, that, that there's a, a awesome YouTuber a lot of people have seen his name is Rick Beato he's got like two three million subscribers on YouTube so he's but he's a he was a music producer for years and years and years he's got like degrees in music theory and stuff whatever and he does these series of videos called What Makes This Song Great where he breaks the song down talks about like 
production things that you don't really notice but you hear it mm. and then just music theory things are like this is why this is so catchy to your ear even if you don't realize it and he talks about a moment in the song where he's like there's a thing that seal does in the in the chorus of this song that like you don't realize it but it leaves an impact on you and it's the thing that like nobody does it's the, and again the 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 chorus begins with this big kind of baby but like it, it instead of pausing from baby i you know into the next line he does this kind of like ramp up in his voice was like baby i can pay. it's just this little it's like that little thing right there just drives into that next line it's like that's not a thing that people do often and he's like it's little tiny things like that that make this song so memorable and i so it's like every time ever since he pointed that out whenever i hear i just i hear that every time now and i'm like yeah it is kind of a that's not a you know, thing you hear, and especially in a lot of big pop, like top forty type songs, yeah. right? So, I don't know. Yeah, Seals "Kiss from a Rose," <coughs> pretty sweet. Again, it's like has nothing to do with Batman at all, and and now it makes sense knowing that it's like it was originally not even for. But it's like there's, but it's like well, he's got a love interest. This was, this was <laughs> Val Kilmer and Nicole. Yes, Batman, yes, right? yes, yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah but, but it's so funny to me, like some of these songs, and I have other ones on my list as well too, like that are you know so connected to certain movies, like the song. On its own has nothing to do with the movie really in in any capacity but you just associate with the movie because it was on the soundtrack and shit like there's nothing in this song that makes you think of batman other than you just remember seeing it with batman so okay so yeah that's my number six so right. kylie's number five yours will i think we my number five was loser well okay so yep. we'll go to four then so do, what's your number five Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> then we don't get. Let's do this too, in order, damn it. That's, you're right. You're right. All right. My number five is a, is a song that has nothing to do with the movie that it's on. Okay. Um, this is a banger of a song. This is an unskippable song to me okay. when it comes on, and it's the power of love, Huey Lewis. Okay, this this uh, this fought for <laughs> for a spot. That that uh, slash, back to the future, man. That and out of time. Out, out, back in back time. in time. The, those two, 1985, uh, are on my honorable mention. So it's written by Huey Lewis, Chris Hayes, and Johnny Cola 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 C O L L A. Was that was Huey Lewis and the News's first song to hit number one on the U.S. Billboard? Because they were kind of a up and coming band, I think, at that time, right? I don't think they were a super big band when I they, think when that they was did their, this that song, were their big, their right? Big shit um, so Huey Lewis was approached to write a theme for Back to the Future by Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. Uh, the pitch was that Huey Lewis's band would sort of be the favorite band of lead character Marty McFly in the movie. Um, Lewis said that he was flattered, but he declined because he didn't want to participate. Because he didn't know anything about writing movie theme songs, and he didn't want to write a song called "Back to the Future." Um, so Zemeckis assured him that he could write whatever. He's like, "Literally, just write whatever song you want. We'll just put in the movie." Mm -hmm. Like, so Huey Lewis submitted the song, the, the very next song he wrote, which was "Power of Love," even though there's no lyrical elements or anything that have to do with. Back in time, definitely does. Yeah. But it was like, okay, we're just gonna like. There's nothing in "Power of Love" that has anything to do with the movie, but it, you remember it because it's that opening scene of the movie you remember marty mcfly on a skateboard holding the back the, of the when truck doing and the the band tryouts yeah yeah they're playing that they're playing like a hard rock version yeah of that song and, and it's, it's huey lewis that's like you guys are just too loud yeah you get, calm down it's it's a banger man <laughs> yeah and that's a, my favorite trilogy right there it's, <sighs> it's good dude back to the future baby it's that back little it's future. that little uh it's the it's the beat with the guitar and how the keyboard fills in the bum 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 you know oh it's so good 
that the the hook of that song for me is that little don't take money don't take fame. yeah yeah it's so good dude yeah it's an unskippable song 1985 back to the future uh my number four i'm i'm uh be curious if this is on I'm, I'm, okay. at this point I'm, I'm guessing it's not on your list dude this, this, this has honestly been like crazy for me because i thought i was like <laughs> i was like we're gonna have 10 completely different songs because kylie likes a lot of movies that are his own thing that aren't necessarily my thing and so i but yeah this has been an interesting uh, interesting uh, this trip. is from a movie uh directed by mike nichols back in 1968 okay i definitely it's not on my list um very popular song probably what i mean these this duo is known for many songs but this is a very popular song specifically written for the graduate oh mrs, mrs. robinson yes this is an honorable mention um, okay. this is this is a great this is song a great, this is a great song, song. Uh, um, to you, Mrs. Rob. Is uh, Simon Garfunkel? Right? Yeah, yes. Simon Garfunkel. Uh, um, Paul Simon wrote the song. I'm yep, assuming. Paul yep. si- they they brought it to him. Like, hey, and he rejected two other songs before that. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh yes, this. Is it. And if you've seen the movie, like, it it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to oh, do yeah. with the movie. It, it is oh, yeah. about Mrs. Rob. But again, like the song stands enough on its own that oh, if you yeah. had, like, as the movie's old, like, there's probably a lot of people that have never seen The Graduate by this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. But like, you, you don't need to be aware of that movie to enjoy this song at all. Like, you, th- this song could just come on and you wouldn't know that it's from a movie necessarily. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack version uses two shorter. The soundtrack version is in- interesting because there's like the sound of silence is on there as well. Really, but it's an instrumental version of the sound of silence. Huh. Uh, Mrs. Robinson's, there's two versions of it, but they're like shorter versions. And then later they released the version you're used to hearing on an album. And okay. It's, the, it's, the, it's a longer, fuller version of it. And is this Robinson. on any of Simon and Garfunkel's albums, or is it just on The it Graduate? Is, it's the soundtrack, soundtrack for The Graduate, which is a Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel did it. Oh, like okay. It, they did the soundtrack. So, so it's, like the, it's like the Beatles doing their. Yeah. Hard Day's Night. Yeah. It's literally just a, it's a Beatles album. That's exactly. also a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I didn't do any of those because they felt cheap to me. Because th- th- there was times where I'm like, like fuck, like a Hard Day's Night could be, make this list easy, right? Yeah. It's a bitchin' song, but like it felt a little cheap because I'm like, it doesn't Let's feel like a, it doesn't feel like a soundtrack. I know that yeah. it is, but it, to me, it's just because. I didn't see the movies until way later, so to me, Hard Day's Night was a, just a Beatles album mm-hmm. before it was a movie soundtrack in my mind. The only That's one fair. I knew was the was Yellow Submarine was the soundtrack, but even Yellow Submarine was on Revolver first, so it's like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So that felt a little cheap to me. That's fair. Paul Simon, one of the greatest songwriters who ever oh, lived, yeah. right up there, like your Mount Rushmore of like I put like him there, Joni Mitchell's there, oh, yeah. Paul McCartney's there. John Lennon's probably there. Carol um, King. Carol, Carol yeah. King's so, be there. yeah. Paul Simon's fantastic. This is a wonderful song. Yeah. Wonderful song. Like, I, I've been getting back into the monkeys lately. Dude. Um, Carol King wrote a shitload of songs for the monkeys. Dude, the monkeys outsold the Beatles oh, yeah. for a period. Jimi Hendrix opened for the monkeys and got booed off stage <sighs> because people were there for the fucking that's monkeys. That's so insane. And, and it, that blows my mind. Oh, that's so insane. Okay. What's your um, number four? My number four. Okay. There's probably none I can guarantee on on your list as much as this one, because we talked about this song. Well, you thought the other two were. Uh, that's true. Out there, that's so. true. We talked about this song on another podcast because we talked about this movie, um, and I got to hear this song live for the very first time ever last night. Okay. This is Hero, which is from Spider-Man. Really? They, to, they've never played that live for you, huh? Um, 
ne- never here. So I, I've ne- I've never got to hear it. I'm sure you've seen it like on a DVD. Oh or sure, yeah, yeah. But it's at, one. At one it's one that they mentioned. because so a lot of people think this is a Nickelback song. It's not a Nickelback song. It's it's. Chad Kruger featuring Josie Scott, who was who was the lead singer of the band Saliva back in the day. Yeah. This is very this is very much an early two thousands rock song. Your this disease was, was that Saliva? Your I think disease? so. Click click boom. You know, yeah. It, it, saliva yeah, has yeah, they yeah. had some bangers back uh, then. Yeah. Um, so this was Chad Kruger's first release outside of Nickelback. Did you just call him Kruger. That's his last name. I thought it was Kruger. Uh uh-uh. uh Chad oh. Kruger. Is it Kruger? Yeah. Like Freddy Kruger? Yeah. No shit. I've yeah. been pronouncing his last name wrong this whole time. A lot of people have. Okay. Um, and it, he he even jokes about I thought that. It was Kruger like the grocery store? That he's he, he <laughs> thinks that's why he's like I think maybe because because they're Canadian right? He's like I think in America you guys have like grocery stores that are he's like so I think somewhere in the mix it be, but it's Chad Kruger. I've learned something new today. Yeah, Chad Kruger. No shit. Um, this was his first release outside of Nickelback. Um, so, written by Chad Kruger, obviously. Josie Scott was brought into T Sings the second verse, and they do harmonies and stuff in the chorus. Um, the other musicians that played on the track, Mike Kruger, who is the bassist of Nickelback, plays bass on, on the this recording. It's like a Van Halen thing. It's brothers but, in the um, but uh, Tyler Conley, who's the singer/slash guitarist of band theory of a dead man he plays guitar on the record and then matt cameron who's the drummer of Soundgarden and pearl, pearl jam, jam he plays the drums oh, on this shit. yeah I, so again a lot, people, a lot of people think this is a nickelback it's like, song it's like it's a not. super group single basically yeah yeah um interestingly enough jerry cantrell from allison chains was supposed to play guitar on this and then couldn't so that's why they got tyler conley to play guitar on this yeah, would have been interesting would have been sweet um uh, Hero reached top 10 in several countries, including number three on Billboard's Hot 100, and reached top spot on Billboard's like mainstream rock charts. Um, this song was everywhere for a little bit because that oh, first yeah. Sam Raimi Spider-Man was yeah. just such a big song. And Nickelback... Um, this two, is back when they were... Yeah. Before people are like, this look! Yeah, the, their first big hit was a year previous, was the how you remind me that yeah. you just you couldn't get rid of no matter how many times you mm-hmm. turn on your car, you're going to hear, this is how you use it. So... Yeah, this is kind of, it was like one of the biggest, again, it's not a Nickelback song, but people assume it is. One of those big artists at the time with the biggest movie of that year, Spider-Man, it was, you just couldn't get rid of this song. Um, the song. It was nominated for Best Song Written for TV or Motion Picture at the Grammys, but it didn't win. Oh, shit. Okay, right on. Uh, so, yeah, not a Nickelback song. So, I think when it came out, even though it was popular, they would, they I, I think they didn't want to play it at Nickelback shows because I didn't think that they wanted to kind of like okay it's it was his thing we'll kind of keep it as a separate thing i do know there's videos of like they played it a couple times like acoustic versions of it just like once in a great while but in the last like maybe six seven years or so nickelback has really kind of adopted the song because i think it's like fuck it everyone thinks it's our song anyways like chad wrote the song people like the song i think because people my age that were kids when spider-man came out are now adults it's like okay people are nostalgic for the song now they remember that spider-man song it's like let's just start playing this thing because i think they started playing a couple times and the reception to it was just awesome and so it's like look so it's it's kind of be i don't don't know if it's like a staple every night but it's one they play fairly it's one of the bands behind yeah so i was excited Uh, to hear it last night because i'd never gotten to hear it live which is really cool have a song like that one of the one of the the guitarist slash one of the singers because they it's like the beatles they take turns singing you know you got different people doing different vocals um but the one of the main guys justin hayward of the moody Mm -hmm. blues did a a project called war of the world it was a musical war of the worlds and his song is called forever autumn and it's it's a banger Mm -hmm. as you call it um 
but it's one of those that like the Moody Blues now play that in there, even though it's not a Moody Blues song. Mm-hmm. But it's like the people right. are like we want to hear that song. Yeah, it's like it's Justin's song, but they they play that now. Right. So it's, it's and it's even last night when they introduced the song, he had a whole thing. It's like this is a song from a movie, you know, way back when that you know. And it talked about like you could believe a man yes yeah, we <laughs> uh, I remember back in the day seeing an interview with with Chad Kruger talking about this and he was the like Kruger thing's still blowing my mind I'm sorry yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's how that's, that's it uh, but he he's like I remember submitting the song to Sony at the time or I guess it's still be Sony now but um, and he's like I thought never in a million years could I ever get a song that opens with the line, I am so high, I can hear heaven, to be in like a, a Spider-Man movie. He's like, but we played it for him, and they were like, no, it's great, man. He's swinging around yeah, up there and stuff. And it was like, cool. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> cool. And like this song was played on the radio with that opening line in 2002. Kind of cool. So, so we know exactly what he was talking about, apparently. Oh, well, take a look at the guy. <laughs> He's Canadian, for God's sake. Especially he's, back then, is when he Canadian, eh? back then he had the long hair. I mean, he looked like the stoner. That, I mean, now it's his hair's way shorter and stuff now, and he's got you know a little more gray. They're respectable. Yeah, but like back then when the song came out, he looked like oh, and I know what he's talking about. <laughs> so, right what, yeah. what number was that for you? Uh, four, I want to say four. Okay. Yep, had to be number four because it's you know yeah, one, of my, right. one of one of my favorite artists with one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's like yeah. that combination of like. It's just a super nostalgic because it's a song I just love on its own. But then the nostalgia of hearing it, I just think of being that little kid man watching that okay. fucking Spider-Man movie. So it, th- there are times like I talked about earlier where it's like you don't have to like the movie to like the song, and you certainly don't because we've established already. But there definitely are times where it's that enhancement of like, especially if it's a childhood like a nostalgic movie where it's like the song is great on its own, and then it gets that little boost of just like. Breakfast Club even yeah. kind of say, you know what I mean yeah. it's like that just little yeah. extra thing there yeah. it wasn't could, until we discussed it a while back that like we watched the video mm-hmm. and there were subtitles on the DVD and I was like oh my god that's what he's singing that's never what I thought he was singing yeah like was I can see heaven is that what it was I am so high I can hear heaven I can hear heaven I always yeah. heard I can hear ever uh, okay and I'm like what the fuck does that mean like <laughs> I don't even know what that means but again I wasn't a fan so it, it wasn't one of those things like I need to look up the lyrics. And right. I need to know. Like, and that's what you do. You just, when you're you just blew it. Yeah, you just blew it off. And that's like, like that was just always what it was. And then when I saw, like, both Aaron and I are like, "That's what he's singing." Ah, uh, okay. okay. So we're number three. Anyway, we did you're, three. My was, number three is "Live and Let Die." So what's "Live and Let Die." Three? Okay, dude, "Live and Let Die" is a fucking <laughs> banger of a song. Okay, my number three was was Rainbow list. Connection. Oh, okay. So right. go ahead and go to your number two. My number two is. Uh, from a movie, Young Guns 2, by John Bon Jovi. Ah, Blaze of, Blaze Glory. of Glory. This is an honorable mention. Blaze of Glory. Um, uh, this is very awesome. Awesome. This is song, the beginning dude. of his solo career. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Oh yeah, because this isn't a Bon Jovi song, right? This is a this, this is, a John, is a, John this is a John Bon Jovi, bon Jovi song. Jovi, yeah. This is kind of the same the, thing this with the, with, the, this with the, the first thing he did before his, and it is on his solo record. But this is the first thing he did solo I, this is probably si- similar to the nickelback thing where it's like a lot of people just this is they assume this is a, 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 a bon, jovi bon jovi band yeah. song and it's yeah. not um they came to him i can't i i couldn't tell you the name of the director and i'm not gonna take the time out to look it up Young they, came to, they came to him and said hey we're doing 
Sequel to Young Guns. I don't know if you've... Like, I'm not a Western guy. Yeah. I love the Young Guns movies. It's fair. Really bummed out that the first one's rated R and the second one's PG-13. Yeah. Keep, the, keep that R rating going on. But they came to to Bon Jovi and said, hey, we want to use Wanted Dead or Alive. Can we use that in this movie? And he kind of talked to him and heard what the story was about. And he's like, I don't think this really fits with the... With the movie you're making, yeah. like I get, I get it, I get why it's you the, want it. it. It's the vibe that you want, yeah. not the song. So itself. he's like, let me, let me write something else for you. That that makes so much sense to me because for years when I heard this song, my dad's a massive Bon Jovi fan. Okay, um, I like Bon Jovi. They're more of a shit group, I guess. Cause yeah, the girls love the. My bon dad Jovi. was just in that. I mean, that dude. My dad. It's so nostalgic for the 80s I swear okay. you see the gleam in his eye like like the, <laughs> so <Jovi>. yeah <laughs> so like just that that time period right yeah. so but like for forever when i heard this song like i i always thought like this is this was them trying to re again because I, I assumed it was a bon jovi band song mm-hmm. um it's like this is them like trying to do it's like wanted dead or alive too that's it, that's because just yeah. it sounds yeah. very much like that you got that slide guitar yeah so it makes so you tell me that story i had no idea but you tell yeah. me that makes so much sense because i'm like it's literally him being like okay i'll just i'll i'll do a, a oh, wanted dead or alive but it's the yeah. great value wanted dead exactly. or alive. <laughs> yeah. but it's still a good so it's a really good song oh it, it is and it's like if you've seen the movies this is they go into how Billy the Kid gets killed, and that's, you know, it's it goes in with, like, the the, the theme of the song. We're wanted dead, dead or alive. Could could work, couldn't work, and like right. uh, apparently. I mean, John wanted dead bon or alive Jovi, is just talking about touring, right? It's just talking exactly. about traveling. And, and yeah. he's like, you know, this this let me do something else for you. So yeah, that, dude, Blades of Glory is a solid song. It's, it's awesome. And I I have to imagine again, I don't go to Bon Jovi shows or anything like that. I imagine this is similar to the Nickelback thing. I bet they played this live, right? Bon, like would, Bon Jovi, the band imagine. played. I, I'm pretty sure. Like imagine. it's not a Bon Jovi song, but I'm yeah. pretty sure they play it live. It's a good song. Yeah. All right. What's your number two? All right, my number two. Here comes the Snickers. Um, there was no way I was doing this list without the song. Uh, my number two is "My Heart Will Go On" from Celine Dion. Okay. From Titanic in 1997. Fair. This is a bitching song. <laughs> Let's calm down, dude. Dude, this song. <laughs> Let's take a breath. Um, Written by James Horner and Will Jennings. Uh, James Horner was, uh, he he composed music for Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. And had basically instrumental for what would become the song. And he thought it would work as a song, a, a fully fledged song. Um, it was just like a little motif that was going to be played throughout Titanic, which you it is. Which, which it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he brought it to James Cameron. See, I have never seen Titanic all the way through. Right. I know enough that like that is sprinkled throughout. The, oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. Which which is funny because I always thought it was like because they had the Celine Dion song, they were like, let's sit, but it's actually reverse. Um, so anyways, he went to James Cameron and was like, hey, I think this could be like a song. We could maybe tie it in. Blah blah. blah. James Cameron was really against the idea at the beginning because he's like, I don't think a pop song is going to be like appropriate for the movie that we're, you know what I mean? Cause it's like this movie about this tragedy of these people die on this boat. It's like, I don't think we need like a poppy song to come on over the credits after he, he, he really didn't like the idea. That's the um, power of yeah, exactly. Um, but so they basically went on and they, cause they had an in with, uh, Celine Dion already. Okay. Um, so they had her record a demo of the song. They wrote the song had, and then after James Cameron heard the demo of it, he changed his mind. He said, okay, there's, there's, there's something here for this for sure. Um, the song topped the charts in 25 countries came the second best selling single by a female artist of all time. 
behind Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, another movie yeah. soundtrack song. Um, listed in the Songs of the Century by Recording Industry Association of America. Uh, Celine Dion originally didn't want to record the song because, number one, she had already done, she'd done like three or four soundtrack songs before this and just didn't really want to do it. And then she said she also just wasn't a fan of the song the first time she heard it. She did think it was, I think I would imagine it's probably come around for her. I would hope so. It, it's by far the biggest hit of her career, and which is really saying something because Celine Dion is by no means a slouch or like, Celine Dion is, is not a one-hit wonder, don't get me wrong, but this is by far the biggest song of her career. Mm-hmm. So, this is a bit, and it's, it's, this song uh, does the movie song thing as good as you can do it where like, you cannot hear this song without thinking of the movie. Like, like, and I don't know if that's true for every other song we've talked about tonight, you know what I mean? Like, and again, it may, maybe depends on when you grew up, too, but like, like, Wings Live and Let Die, to me, exists outside of James Bond, maybe because I haven't seen the movie, maybe because when I grew up, mm-hmm. but like, my that, heart that will go... That is one of those rare James Bond songs that like, it's, it's, it's its own thing. Right. Like, you know that it's a James, it's a James Bond song, but it's... Yeah. It's just... It's, it's kind of become its own thing yeah. now. Like, this song is so... And you know, entangled in Titanic. There's no way you, you can't just put this song on and it's just by itself. This uh, you just think of Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's a, it's a killer song. It was really awesome when they did the. I'm trying to think. Was it 2017 when it was the 20th anniversary of Titanic? It was I'm trying to remember which award show it was, a VMAs or whatever. And Celine Dion came out and sang it, whatever. And they had like all the video boards playing. It, it was it was it was cool, dude. Yeah. It's it's a crazy song, man. Um, if if you ever wander around Vegas when they do the fountain show with the Bellagio, um, they have it like timed to the song and stuff. It's really cool the the different you know fountains that they blow off and stuff and and in rhythm with the song and shit. And this was another song you just couldn't escape for exactly forever. Yeah. And it's and it's kind of been drummed that, back up as of recently. <laughs> you, 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 you've brought three up on your list that like they're, they're ones that like I am aware of them and they are they are in my head because you I just was couldn't in there. get yeah. And it's the Brian Adams, the Celine Dion, yep. the Seal. It's like yeah. I wouldn't put them on my list by any means, but just big nineties. But I was there. I, was ni- living, yeah, I, I, I lived was there. through all that shit. I was there. Yeah, I was there. God damn it. Oh. Yeah, it's a wonderful song, man. It's All right. Too. All number right. one. All right. Um, number one is from a movie I've never seen. Okay. Don't know if I even have a desire to ever see it. Okay. But the this song is probably the greatest song this guy has ever written. Okay. From 1984 film, uh, Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Prince. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was an honorable mention of mine as well. Oh, I can't believe it's honorable. It's Purple Rain's like that. That's fantastic. one when it hit my list. I'm like, this is if this isn't number one, it's going to be close. Okay, and it, it hit my number one. Awesome. And, I, and I wouldn't call myself a Prince fan. Like I respect. Yeah, the guy. I wouldn't either. I respect yeah. the shit out of the guy, especially as a guitar player. But Purple else. Rain is Purple Rain's shit. <laughs> it's super good. Uh, it's a mix. Of I've Purple never Rain. seen Purple Rain either. To be honest with you, the the film ever seen? Don't, I don't have a desire to. Yeah. 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 Uh, it combines rock, R&B, gospel, and orchestral music. Um, Bitching guitar, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, in this, again, this, like, I grew up, like, Purple Rain was huge when I was a kid. Right. Like, when doves cry, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I saw the videos, and he was always either dancing with chicks or playing a keyboard or whatnot. Yeah. Like, 
I never the guitars he had strapped around him were weird looking things. Like I couldn't have told you until I saw and everyone, if you've never seen this, go to YouTube and watch the Wall My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, with like all the guys that come out and play, and yeah, he comes out there, and yeah. just like that was the uh, the George just, Memorial. I, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, because it's 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 Eric Clapton or Eric Clapton it's a, and everybody. Yeah, yeah, like everybody's out there. And Prince comes out and just that's that's the same show where they do the the something cover with the ukulele. Is it really? I, I'm oh, I'm pretty okay. sure it's the. They, they, they have the album. It's on Spotify. It's like in memoriam okay. George the, Harrison it's or whatever. George, the concert for George. Yeah, concert for George. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure that's that's where this is from. Okay, I thought it was some award show or something. But I, I, and maybe they did it there too. Okay. But, but I, I think that's comes out, that's on here. Like that's the first time. I'm like, oh my god, the guy can play guitar. And my buddy was like, he's always one of the been most good. amazing guitar players. There's actually um, an interview with Eric Clapton mm-hmm. where. They asked him something like, how does it feel to be the greatest guitar player in the world? And his response was, I don't know. You'll have to ask Prince. Damn. Which I'm like, wow, that's, the guy doesn't have an ego. Very, very humble, yeah. yeah. I think Prince suffers from, like, if it, again, not comparing the guys in skill at all, whatever. Prince is incredible. Um, but I think, like... He the like the the modern version of Prince would be like John Mayer, where it's like mm-hmm. because he, because he's poppy and he's kind of the prettier guy or whatever. And like I I don't think a lot of people really can know how much of a musician he is. But like the John Mayer people or the people that follow like dude John Mayer could play the shit out of a guitar. You know I think Prince for a long time kind of fell into that same thing too, where he wasn't respected by. The same guys that like Eddie Van Halen weren't like didn't respect Prince as a guitar player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where where in all honesty they should have, and I think maybe it's like because it was more on the poppy end and it was a little bit R and B. It wasn't the the rock guys didn't respect Prince mm-hmm. as a guitar player. Well, and I could I can tell you until I years decades later when I saw him play the guitar, looking back and listening to those songs like the fucking rock and guitar you hear on those songs. The fuck that's him. Yeah. Like, I always figured it was like a <laughs> a studio meet. Somebody stuff. else just in the background playing guitar, yeah. and it's like him ripping that shit up. It's like, fucking uh, incredible. Man. When he when he played the couldn't tell you what year it was, but he played when he did the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Halftime show, and he in the rain, in yeah. the fucking rain, in, in his high heels and yeah. shit, and like fucking played beautiful. the shit out of it, dude. Played the shit out. Purple rain. I know baby. my dad. My dad said, uh, like, cause that was like junior high ish time for him. He was like, that was like the go-to like slow dance song. Like, like junior high, I was like, you're like, he's like, that song's really nostalgic because it's like that was like your first uh, first slow dance with a, with fourteen year old Becky or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like play, play Purple Rain and shit, and whatever, and in the gymnasium and shit. So I don't, I, yeah, I think a lot of people are nostalgic for that song. For it, it, it's so weird. Like, dude, music is so crazy. Like the different connections that it makes oh, yeah. in different people and like what songs mean to people is so different from one person to the next. Yeah, Purple Rain's an awesome song, dude. That's yeah, that's good. Honorable mention for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number one, and again, this is a song that like might be sort of a boring pick, but there's just there the the more I kept racking my brain about it, there was just no way, there was no other way to go. And everyone's again, like we just established, everyone's um, experiences are different depending on you know your life or where you've been through, whatever. Um, this song. Is from a very famous movie. It's a movie that I've seen. I've seen few movies as many times as I've seen this movie. Um, and my my mom was the biggest Wizard of Oz fan I ever okay. knew. I ever knew. 
And like she's, I mean, still to this day, my dad has all of her collectibles and stuff in the house and stuff that she collected for, for years and stuff. And, you know, now that she's gone, I just don't know if he knows what to do with them. But um, Over the Rainbow from Judy Garland, the song was written by Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg. Won an Academy Award for Best Original Song that year. Um, Harold Arlen said the melody for the song came to him in a car. And he actually put, he said he used to keep blank uh, pieces of notation, whatever. And he's like, he actually had to pull over and, 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 and write it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the song was Judy Garland's like signature song. She performed it for over 30 years before she, before she passed. I mean, that was like her, you know, she performed the song up until the day she died, basically. Anytime she would do appearances and things like that, she would always perform the song. It, it, it's crazy because you always hear these like Hollywood stories of like, wow, really? Whatever. It's like, um, like there was a, there was a time where this this portion of the movie was almost cut. Like, it, it, it that that like feels like a like another timeline, like a, like oh, a, yeah. a universe where Over the Rainbow's not in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, that scene's I not mean, in the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is one of those things. Like it got terrible reviews when it came yeah. out back in the day and it's one of those it's such a classic now it's like no yeah oh no, that's that's not right well and it was like production hell too i mean like oh, yeah. a movie a movie like that to come out in 1939 is like like what they had to do because like dude movies again i think it's lost to time because we're so used to these big but it's like watch movies from the 30s and then watch the wizard of oz this movie was like a fucking cinematic achievement on every level the sets the fucking costume and everything it's like the spe- the special effects for what they had back then it's like dude movies in the 30s were like guys on horses in the woods you know what i mean like or no. cowboy fit whatever it's like <laughs> yeah. dude this movie like showed you a new world and created all these interesting makeup creatures and every- you know like this movie was like so ambitious dude like it's almost ridiculous that they were even able to make this movie in 1939 and like damn near killed everybody in the yeah, process yeah. of doing it because they just didn't have the technology to do it, but they did it anyway, <laughs> endangering the lives of everybody yeah. involved. Wasn't it the, it was, um, Jed Clampett was the original Tin Man from the Beverly Hillbillies. I but, think that's right. Yeah. But he, the makeup, he had an allergic reaction to the makeup and he had to drop out of the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of pretty. It's, cra- of it's crazy shit. shit. Yeah, my oh, yeah. my little sister is a huge Titanic and was like those yeah, are yeah. Her, those are her things. Wizard of Oz and Titanic and yeah. This, this song it's and it, there's been a million renditions of it. It's maybe one of the most covered songs of all it's time. The, one of the more popular covers is the the Hawaiian guy who's yeah, passed yeah. away. I couldn't tell you. It's it, but it's really good. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. You've heard oh, that version you've heard for that, sure. Though, um, him and his ukulele. There was a if you I'm trying to remember the year. I want to say 2017 was the year that there was the terrorist bombing attack at the Ariana Grande concert oh. in Manchester. The guy the the bomber that killed like 10 people or whatever it was. Um so Ariana Grande uh organized this big music festival that was going to be in memoriam of their families and blah, 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 whatever back in Manchester. Like it was like maybe a month later or something like that. They went back and they was like, Justin Bieber was there. Katy Perry was there. Miley Cyrus was there. was like a, you know, but, and then she headlines the thing. Um, she finishes that set with a cover of over the rainbow. And like, it's one of those, like it's hard to get through to even listen to it because she breaks down crying multiple times while singing. Like she struggles to sing the song, but like, even like the mistakes sound wonderful in it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's such a 
like you can almost hear a pin drop. It's this giant festival of like people as far as the eye can see, whatever outdoors, right? And it's like, but you can almost like hear a pin drop while she's see. It's just so quiet. And like, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty emotional. And it's one of those things, this is a song, it's like if it's done, I don't know, it doesn't feel like an old song to me. And I think that really says something for like the craftsmanship of the song itself because there's certainly timeless. Yeah, like it does like especially when you hear newer renditions of it, I'm like this sounds like this could have come out today, you know, and that's uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, Judy Garland, she 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 killed it back in the day, especially cuz she was like what 14 or something yeah, when she sang when she sang this song the first time. Fucking kills it, shit dude. The studio put her through. Oh yeah. Um, back in the day too, like you listen to her her version of the song, it's like, dude, there was no fucking auto tune back then. There was none of that. Like, dude, she mm. kills it on this song for being fourteen years old. She's got the fucking big voice and everything mm-hmm. to sing it. It was like fucking give Judy. I mean that that poor woman was put through more shit than probably anybody should go through in a lifetime. But um, you know, Wizard of Oz is it's it's one of those movies like I just saw really like my mom would never. Would never skip any time. It was like TBS, a show in the Wizard of Oz. Like even before it was like DVDs were everywhere. Yeah. And like and we had it too. Like if it was on TV, we were gonna watch it. It, it. Like was, it was a, a holiday type of movie too, like Thanksgiving or something. Like that. Right. It was like TBS, like Wizard of Oz is gonna be on. Yeah. And like in the in the nineties, Warner Brothers like acquired the MGM stuff whatever so i remember going to like the old warner brothers stores and like my mom would just go crazy buying these like barbie dolls and all because for a long time there really wasn't a lot of merchandising and stuff for for things like that so it was like she and a lot of stuff she still has and like i yeah i've just seen this movie so many times and i I haven't watched it in a couple years it's one of those movies i don't know if i'll ever watch it again to be honest yeah i I don't know i I, i'll just uh, it's one of those things like it's a day by day kind of thing i feel like i could but if i saw it i could just recite it word for like it's like i I, and even if i i bet if i don't watch it for 10 years i still would be able because it's just like it's so ingrained in my brain it was it was it was one we watched a lot oh yeah it's the the, that movie still has magic dude it still works because i remember like years ago and stuff obviously when my mom was still here or whatever i showed it to like our youngest one and stuff whatever like there was a period where like that was like her favorite movie she was watching all the time and like she doesn't realize that it's old mm-hmm. like that movie still works dude for especially for little kids like it still captures the imagination of, of little kids which is like that's really cool dude because there's how many movies dude from the 30s could you show a kid and have them be even exactly. remotely interested in it that's not like Snow White or you know animation's kind of different because animation feels a little more timeless. But like a live action movie, dude from the '30s, get a get a kid to sit through any other movie by, besides The Wizard of Oz. I dare you. Like yeah. it, it just wouldn't happen. It just you know I can't get kids to sit through live action movies from the '70s or '80s. Sometimes you know what I mean? Just because they go, this is old. This feels old. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So dude, that that movie is is really something, and they, there's a reason that people love it so much. So yeah, that I love that song, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," or I think it's just "Over the Rainbow" is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What a list, man. All right. Oh, yeah. Honorable mentions. I know you got some. We you hit a bunch of mine. Um. One one that I fought uh, was it hurt to not put it on this list. It is from Lethal Weapon Three. Okay. Uh, Michael Kamen and Eric Clapton did all the soundtracks to all those movies. Okay. But it's uh. Michael Kamen, Eric Clapton, and Sting, uh, a song called "It's Probably Me." Oh, okay, and it start. It, that's how that 
the movie begins is that song. Lethal Weapon 3. And it's, yeah. a, it's a great song. Like, Lethal, yeah. Lethal yeah. Weapon. No, and like, not. just those soundtracks alone, because it's Michael Kamen and Eric Clapton just doing instrumental, like, you can't go wrong with it. What do you think? Shit. Like, is that kind of a lost art? Like, what's the last, like, real big song from a movie? Like, is that just, like, not, like, you know what I mean? Like, to get, like, a big artist or something to do, like, a oh. song for, you know, like, is that just, like, not a thing anymore, really, I guess? Because, I mean, I know, like, even, like, like Taylor Swift is as massive as can be. She did that song for Where the Crawdads Sing, yeah. but it didn't really, like, you know, even amongst Taylor Swift fans, it wasn't, like, a big, big deal, I remember deal, that you know? being, like, like, hearing that, like, and Taylor Swift wrote this song yeah. for this movie. But it's like, does, does those type of things just not have the carrying think, power anymore? I, I think they happen, but, like, if, if anyone was going to hit it out of the ballpark, it should have been Taylor it Swift. It should have been, yeah. But... Because like she did songs that, for like the Hunger Games and stuff, and they were big yeah. when they came out. Um, that's a that's a movie that like we all saw that together. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I haven't read the book. Apparently, the people who've read the book fucking oh, yeah. hated this. movie. Oh yeah, they again and, every movie that's ever been based off any book, yeah, dude. Nobody's yeah, dude, exactly. You can't yeah, please yeah. the book readers, dude. But like, I liked the movie. So I did I'm too. like, well, how amazing is this book then? If like the people who read the book, Seriously. Like, this is shit. I'm like, Seriously. well, I thought the movie was good. Yeah, so. I did too. But I have no context for it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, honorable mention to me. I-, I wanted to put on the list. There was versions of the list that this was on. I just couldn't cut it. But uh, Danger Zone, Kenny Loggins. Danger Zone is is on. Dude, it's an yeah. awesome song. Yep. It really is. And it's, again, it's it's, it's dated in all the best ways. Yeah. Like it sounds exactly like the time period that it came out from. But that just hell. It it only adds to its greatness, dude. Yep. It's dated in the best ways possible. <laughs> it's an awesome song. Yeah. Um, I have the one I was talking about earlier that was like the whole soundtrack it's mm-hmm. uh this is spinal tap okay yeah, uh, yeah. like that's just like the whole album is just great right and it's it is for the movie um that's a good segue into my next one which would be i uh, again any of them off this cut probably could have been but i i just put one the bezel boss tenacious d this is okay. their battle with satan at the yeah. end of the movie which is dave grohl it's awesome there's a lot of awesome songs on that soundtrack, but yeah. that that was that's like the one because it's like the awesome finale of that movie, and it c- couldn't quite make the list when I put it up against some of the other ones. I'm like, it's still a good song though, dude. Um, f- did you ever see? Um, oh my god, what's the, what's the movie? It's um, Cameron Crowe, um, Almost Famous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever okay, see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like him and his wife at the time, Nancy Wilson from Heart, mm-hmm. wrote all these songs for this fake, this Led Zeppelin type band. Because right. that's what it's based on. It's this is an autobiographical bi- mm-hmm. bi- biographical. Why can I say that? Biographical. I, like, I like biographical. It's biographical, damn it. Um but it's Cameron Crowe growing up writing for Rolling Stone, following Led Zeppelin around. Um but Fever Dog. Okay. If, if you've heard that mm-hmm. song at all, that's amazing I, I talked about you know the lost highway stuff uh the other james bond uh song that i would say is an honorable mention is a view to a kill by duran duran i i really like adele's skyfall that that's that, a, that's a great yeah, song that's it, great. it was you know not quite enough to get it on the list but a but a very good song it, it was one that when it came out i was like oh my god they're going back to like a classic sounding bond it does thing. It, and it, she it, nails it it it's, definitely does yeah and it's, it's like wonderful. and it's a and it's a uk singer right yeah. it, it, it felt like i love it this is this Adele's is a ma- yeah it was like this is the perfect matching it was like daniel craig 
the Bond movies were kind of back at that time. It was like James Bond was popular again. The most popular singer on the planet at that time was Adele. So it was like, you, you, Adele's doing the song for the new James Bond movie. Like, and at the time there was a there was a feeling that the, that was gonna be the last one because that was the third one. It's like, okay, Daniel Craig's gonna do a trilogy. So like Skyfall, and it's like then of course he ends up doing two more. But yeah, that's that's an awesome song. Um, Endless Love, Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. Yeah. One of the great, great duets yeah. of of all time, dude. Just a just an awesome. Again, I've never seen that movie, but it, what a wonderful fucking song. Um, God, I, I know I had more. My, too. La, my last one that I have as an honorable mention is uh, from a, a Sofia Coppola movie, The Virgin Suicides. Okay, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Uh-uh. It's great. It takes a lot out of you. Um, but it's a it's she loves this band. She uses them a lot in her movies. To, I think they're British. It's a band called Air. Okay. And the song from this movie is called Playground Love, and it's one of these songs that Playground. You hear it even though this was, I don't know if this is this is probably the early two thousands at this point. Okay. But it sounds like something made in like the sixties. It has that kind of a classical like feel. There and there's. Certain, you know, you hear those certain songs, you're like, oh, this has got to be decades old. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, this was written two years ago. You're like, oh, this is... It, 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 yeah. play, play, if, you, if you have not heard that song, check out Playground Love. It's, oh, yeah. it's very good. I feel like we're, we're missing some big... Oh, I'm sure we are. Even like Footloose, dude, and shit, whatever. It's yeah. a bitchin' song, too. Um, was is uh, Kenny, Kenny Loggins? Like you could just yeah. list off. Yeah. It's, he did it's the, true. Yeah, the the he, Caddyshack he did them songs all, man. and is uh, a yeah. is a uh, time of my life. Is that is that for Dirty Dancing or was that a song? Yeah, no, that's for Dirty okay. Dancing. Okay, that's yeah. great fucking song, man. Um, yeah, the, the Patrick Swayze even did a song for Dirty for Dirty Dancing. And, yeah, who would have thought, man? Um, what was maybe it was time of time of my life was that the that, yeah. yeah i think when they came they came to them to do the song mm-hmm. and they heard that it was for a movie called dirty dancing they thought they were coming to them to say to do a you, porn to do a porn and they initially were like no we're not doing this it's, it's the and, rom-com and they had to explain to him what nobody it was. puts like, baby in the oh, corner oh. <laughs> <laughs> unless she's head to over that's right oh. <laughs> how do you bend someone over in the corner you could do it. You could do it. You yeah. could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be flexible. <laughs> it can't be. Uh, man, all the responsible men are always fun. This is pretty high up. This was this was a good one. This was a fun one because this one was like challenging in a couple different ways. And yeah, it, it, there was there was there was a few that I'm like, oh, this song. Well, well, no, that was not for the movie. It was just used yeah, in a movie, yeah, yeah which movie. is really kind of different. Yeah, different things. But yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the shit out of this. Dude, this, this was this is a good time. I guess let us know out there which ones we probably forgot because I'm, yeah, sure sure I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a bunch we've missed. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and your movies, goddamn it, and your songs and your movies. But uh, all right, until next time, I guess I'm responsible, Tyler. I'm responsible, Kylie. Uh, maybe we'll be back with the Fortress of Commentary next week. I think so. I believe so. That's the plan. Thanks. All right, cool. We'll yeah. see you guys next time. But Charles can still go fuck himself. <laughs>